Oh, I'm just one of those nerds who grew up to make billions. This is episode 25 of They're All Going to Laugh at Him. I'm Alex Sprague. And I'm Jess Geyer. What do we watch today, Alex? The Benchwarmers. <laughs> and w- this is a podcast where we're... <laughs> I, why Why did you take so long to answer that question? I'm thrown off. Because I am so unenthusiastic about this movie, I'm trying to have f- fake energy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is a podcast where we are watching every Adam Sandler and Adam Sandler adjacent movie in a row for 60 days. Uh, I'm making a podcast about it, obviously. Um, yeah. And why are we doing this, Alex? We're doing it because the pursuit of knowledge comes in many ways. And today, we make the choice, off not taken, to view life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness through the lens of Adam Sandler and Adam Sandler-related media, with one question firmly focused in our mind's eye. Does he deserve all the hate? What the fuck? I wrote that down. That that wasn't from the top of my head. Well, I know it wasn't from the top of your head. Gosh. (laughs) Where, where was that energy 15 episodes ago? We need that, that introduction power. The introduction is supposed to be on Ooh, you, Alex. I didn't even save it. I wrote it into a notepad and just X'd out of it after I said it. Are you ki- Well, at least we have it unre- <laughs> we have it recorded, I guess. <laughs> um, do you know what's really driving me forward for this episode? What? There's I, I hit the lowest low I've ever seen, and it was when I saw that the Benchwarmers had a sequel. And then I rose up on high when I learned it wasn't made by Happy Madison and I don't have to watch it. So <laughs> this is going to be a fun episode because Alex hated this movie and I enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I actually think this movie made uh, the biggest sin any movie could possibly have. It made a big sin? What was the big sin? It was boring. Rob Schneider didn't do a single racist voice. Yeah, but it was a boring movie. I disagree, but that's okay. And I think if there's one thing media can't be, it's boring. I'm going to tell you something that might make you want to break up with me. Are you ready? This is your favorite movie so far? No, it is not. No, this this movie had more energy for me than Grandma's Boy did. You... Why why are we watching this movie if Adam Sandler's not even in it, Alex? Well, it's because it was produced by Happy Madison. Giving it a one-star sand layer star, <laughs> um, which is how important it is to the entirety of the Adam Sandler universe. And I find the most interesting part of this is, if you dig into the trivia, apparently David Spade and Rob Schneider are both in this movie because Adam Sandler was tired of them not getting along, so he forced them to make a movie together. That's adorable. Did they get along after this? Who knows? Probably not. I mean, Rob Schneider seems like a big piece of shit, huh? He does. (laughs) He does. Like, David Spade is, like, kind of a catty person, but, like, he seems okay. I'm not not ready to Google his politics and be upset. I I just went on to the Wikipedia just so I could make sure that this is not a remake of another film, because it felt like it should have been, but... No, it just took a lot from a lot of other baseball movies. It yeah, was very like every bad baseball news bears. Yeah, every baseball movie is basically the same movie. Uh, mm-hmm. But I'm really surprised that you didn't like this movie because it's written by two of your favorites. All right, yeah. Um, Alan Cover and Nick Swartzen helped write it. 
but this movie came out the same year as Grandma's Boy. I'm telling you, this is the Rob Schneider, David Spade side. Alan Cover and Nick Swartzen were making Grandma's Boy for sure. How many times did you laugh at this movie? Uh, 18 times. Okay. Um, I think That's half were Nick Swartzen. Nick Swartzen had some really good lines. Yeah, he, he was afraid of the sun, and that was pretty funny. He also yeah. has a He-Man haircut, which is pretty good. I A lot of my laughs did come out of the haircuts, yes. Can you guess what the critics rated this movie and what the audience rated this movie? Okay, I don't think either liked it very much. I'm, I'm gonna say audience liked it in the 50s and critics liked it in the 30s. I feel like this is a safe bet. And it's not a safe bet because the critics gave it an 11%. Oh no, why? Lower than Grandma's Boy. Lower than the animal. I'm still cannot get over that. Uh, audience did like a 64% though. So like a you know 50% gap between them. I, I would say I didn't like the movie. I thought it was boring. But it was definitely a kid's movie, which is why I thought it was boring. Was it, though? I mean, who the fuck else were they making this movie for if it's not a kid's movie? Well, if they were making it for a kid's movie, I think that they failed because the main characters were not children. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying they're good at making kids' movies. I'm saying they tried. (laughs) And uh, in general... Like, I'd give it, like, a 40 to 50%. I think it was a failure of a movie, but I don't think it was, like, uh, an abomination. I had fun watching it. I had a lot of fun watching it. Let, let me recap the plot. Well, one second. I just want to point out that this movie in box office made ten times as much as Grandma's Boy, and that's just the most upsetting thing to me in the world. Well, because kids can't go see Grandma's Boy, Alex. Uh, I could have when I was 14. It just didn't come to Vermont. Gus, played by Rob Schneider... Is a helpful guy. When he sees some nerds getting bullied on a baseball field, he chases the bullies off, and standing in the field reminds him of the good days playing baseball 20 years ago. So he invites his friend Clark, played by John Hader, a.k.a. Napoleon Dynamite, who invites his friend Richie, played by David Spade, to come play too. They are not good. Uh, But the bully team that was bullying the kid... In the beginning, comes back, and they demand their field back so they can have their practice. The adults play them for it, and they win, although it's really just Gus who carries the team by striking the kids out consistently and always hitting home runs. So they go to Pizza Hut to celebrate, and there, the coach of the bully team, Jerry, comes up to them and starts making fun of, uh, of uh, Clark and Richie because he was their childhood bully. But Gus shoots right back. And kind of gets Jerry to cow a little bit. Outside, John Lovitz, who just plays John Lovitz. Yeah. He plays a character named Mel Schmegmer, but whatever. Uh, He's one of the dads of the bullied kid. His name is Nelson. And he talks to them. And eventually, it's like a couple scenes later, but he has a plan to kind of... It's not really revenge, but kind of like this revenge type plot. But it's mostly framed like, let's show all these nerdy kids what they can aspire to by making a tournament of these three dudes who never got a chance to play on a team in baseball versus all the kids' teams. And the winner will get a new stadium that he's going to build. They're doing a round-robin type tournament. Uh, The bench warmers kick the asses of the kids' teams, even though Clark and Richie are still bad at it, but they continue to improve their game as they go. Mm -hmm. However... Gus is outed as a former bully himself right before the last game. This pisses everyone off, and he's kicked off the team. 
However, he goes to apologize to Marcus, who is the kid that he bullied to the point of institutionalization. Marcus speaks up for Gus at the final game, but then the bench warmers decide to let all the nerdy kids play baseball instead. The nerdy kids obviously suck at the game. They don't get a single hit in. They get their butts whooped. Uh, But they have a good time doing it. With the very last hit in the final inning, the very last batter in the final inning, the pitcher for Jerry's team is threatened to get kicked off the team if he doesn't pitch a shutout. But instead, he because he's like impressed by how much fun the kids are having and that their coaches don't even get mad at them when they fail. He helps Nelson get like helps Nelson score by getting the rest of his team to cooperate by flubbing the fielding of a hit. And they all go out to celebrate at pizza hut at the end. And Jerry gets wedged on a fence. The end. I didn't even mention Nick Swartzen. I didn't mention the guy from the Dominican Republic. There's a lot of, like, sports stuff. Of course, it's a sports movie. I mean, there's not a lot of sports stuff. But I would say I think 20% of this movie is just Rob Schneider hitting dingers. So you found it boring. Yeah. But you also don't like baseball. I mean, I don't like the sport or really the attitude around baseball or even the rules of baseball. I find them kind of antiquated. But I like baseball media. Baseball video games are alright, and movies about baseball are normally pretty good. I like Wild Thing. I like the the one with the angels and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I like Basketball, which uh, give me 5% on that one. And uh, I like uh, Hardball with Keanu Reeves. Yeah, there are a lot of baseball movies because, you know, a lot of people grow up playing baseball. That said... How does how do people like watching that stuff, man? It's so boring. I don't think it's boring. <laughs> it's just the most boring thing to watch. It's I, it's a team game, but at the same time, it's also kind of an individual game because you have the individual element with the person at bat, but then you have the team element of the of the defense. I think that's really fun to watch, but also like it has the suspense. Like if you're two strikes in. Like, what's going to happen? There's a lot of suspense involved with that. But if you're finding it boring and you're out watching a game, like, in person, you can go get a snack. You can go walk around. You can shout stuff. Baseball's fun. I used to have to go to baseball, uh, minor league baseball games all the time. And the only thing I tried to do is catch pints of Ben and Jerry's because that's what they threw instead of shirts. Because Vermont is is a hellhole. the most Vermont thing I've ever heard. Well, also, after the sixth inning, they wouldn't make food anymore because they didn't want to be wasteful, and they just give it away for free. That's so cool. Why would you not like baseball at that point? They're throwing out pints of Ben and Jerry's, and you're like, ugh, not not ice cream again. Everyone from Burlington will know, A, it's weird to go by the anti-circumcision house. That wasn't super fun. And B, those pretzels were so hard. Do you need okay. me to explain the anti-circumcision house? No, I, I don't need you to explain that now. Okay, he just protested it. No, I get it. I mean, I understand that. I don't think you need to put the poster up at the minor league baseball. Was it graphic? N- no, but it just said, like, <laughs> stop circumcision. And at the time, didn't know what that was, so guess who learned what circumcision was on the way to a minor league baseball game? That's just educational, Alex. <laughs> 
I'm sorry uh, to, that you have be, ne- you have negative experiences eating ice cream and pretzels and I mean and <laughs> but think about all the times I didn't catch the ice cream that sucked to be fair to be fair Vermont is the most I feel like Vermont is the privileged rich kid in America can I can I point out something even worse is the fact that when I was 18 I almost moved in with anti circumcision guy and. When I met him for lunch at a vegan place nearby, because it was a vegan household, he told me that he was working on reporting all the Ultima games to PC and asked if I would want to help, um, and then told me that I shouldn't have a car and I should ride a bike. So, yep, that's the most Vermont shit ever. I love that. That's great. I hate it. That's so fun. Um... (laughs) But no, I, I I don't have a problem watching people like, you know, actually play baseball. And maybe that's why I like this movie better than you did, because mm-hmm. I didn't find any of those games boring. I was watching them and having fun. The, I, I do want to point out every game was literally just Rob Schneider striking out everyone and then him getting only home runs. Not every game. There's a, at, at one point he starts purposefully not hitting home runs. So... Yeah, everyone else would have a chance to play. But there was no, at no point would I expect them to not win the game. Okay, that's fair. (laughs) Except for the last game. But even then we expect them to lose. Yes, I get it. Unlike a lot of sports movies, we don't expect them to. I mean, that's not even, the, the thing is not that in the sports movies, I kind of expect the, the, the underdogs to win every time. Um, not that I think three grown men playing against children are underdogs. That's why that's funny. It's really funny because it's three but, grown men against a bunch of kids. But the thing is, there's not any tension with what might happen. It it is This is a story about three grown men funded by a billionaire beating kids at a game. Yeah. Like That's like the point of the movie. At its core, it's just a silly, like whatever, it's silly. I don't care. But I'm supposed to root for these guys. So the point of this movie, like one of the themes is that people who constantly think about how they were when they were kids and like, like that is like their form. Like they really take that seriously are not cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it shows that all the coaches who are stuck in their youth are lame and now they're bullies. And that people who were bullied are a bit antisocial and maybe a little bit uh weird. I was gonna say underdeveloped. Yes. Socially. The only person in the movie who's like in the main cast who is actually like okay is Rob Schneider's character, and that's because he has grown since he was in school. Yeah, he used to be a bully, but now he's not. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though he drove a child to literally uh going. And being institutionalized, saying sorry, really heartfelt, save the day. Okay, let's let's stick to one theme for a second. Let's let's talk about how this movie is about um, peaking in high school. Okay, does it count as peaking in high school for David Spade or John Hader when uh, they got shit rubbed on their face in high school, or are they peaking <laughs> no, now? No, but okay. How about instead of peaking in high school, it's not progressing since high school Mm -hmm. like just being in that stasis in my opinion this is just a good argument to move out of your uh hometown 
Well, yeah. I mean, also the only the only person in the movie who did move out of his hometown was Rob Schneider's character. Yeah, and uh, maybe maybe John Lovett's character because he he became a billionaire somewhere. Yeah, but he moved back Batman's to car, his hometown. So. Yeah. Well, he bought the Knight Rider car and Batman's car. He has both. Oh, I didn't see that. Once you do that, like, if you have a billion dollars, move wherever you want, I guess. But I don't know. the The whole thing is, it kind of struck me as a. Uh, boring and lame the the whole way they framed it because like everyone's kind of a bad guy most of them are bullies and abusive and even the good guy was an abusive bully and then he's kind of nice to kids now i guess no he's nice to kids now but like i mean i i don't really want happiness from a person who literally brought a kid to uh that place like that's a huge level of abuse they're talking about there yeah it 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 does the movie frames everything as like the bullies have things going on in their lives too look they're yelled at their coaches or whatever Mm -hmm. but that's not really how life works yeah it's it's just the it's the trying to both sides it thing yeah, like, I'm not saying that a, the average bully doesn't have some stuff going on in their lives, probably. Yeah. But that doesn't mean, like, it's okay still. And it also yeah. doesn't mean, like, I, I get their whole, like, by being nice, you, you can bring about some... You can get, you can take people out of that place a little. You can make people not quite as shitty. But, like, man, did I not by the this person who's been in their basement for 20 years due to the abuse he got from one person is willing to go out there and defend him after one heartfelt oh, yeah. apology. One apology. Yeah, not yeah, it does that doesn't make sense. And like is the movie for the nerdy kids or is it for the the jocks? And really this is the kind of movie that someone who is not who has not been bullied would would be like, oh, yeah, sure. Whereas someone who maybe has dealt with some of that in their life uh, would uh, see it a little bit more realistically. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm not saying none of these guys in the movie had, hadn't had been bullied. I bet they probably, maybe a little bit. But every actor in this movie, without a doubt, is better, like, has a better verbal intelligence than the bullies. It's like oh, yeah. me thinking... I was bullied a little, but I was also more quick, more quick-witted than most of the people around me. So I was able to make fun of them way worse. And then a few years later, I was bigger than them. So, like, I I don't really understand bullying all that much. Like, yeah. But the stuff I do understand is like you know, it it gets it's a lot worse than this stuff. I don't know. I, I think that they kind of rang that hollow. I and if it is for kids, it's fine. But like, I I don't think you can spend years bullying someone. And, like, making people feel terrible about themselves and then have it all turn around with one, like, big apology. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that was definitely not great. There are a lot of things in this movie that aren't great, too. Mm -hmm. Because, again, Rob Schneider can't go full movie without something racist happening. So, of course, they had to have the guy from the Dominican Republic be an alcoholic who likes tequila. Uh, Yeah, well, they bought him tequila, he just seemed to be an alcoholic. They just made that choice. Yeah, what a what a choice. 
yeah that was that was strange um i just think like in my mind that guy's such the the prison break guy that i can't see him as anything else (laughs) like oh dude prison breaks getting hammered (laughs) there's a piece of trivia i just can't get over i need to like get it out it says the 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 training montage with reggie jackson was quote The drills that Reggie Jackson used for the boys were actual drills he did as a kid. So these are drills I did as a kid, too, I guess, if we want to pretend they're training for baseball. But it's ding-dong ditching, smashing mailboxes with a bat, and then, uh, oh, yeah, they played hot potato. Like, I did all those, but it wasn't like I was like, yeah, no, these are drills for for baseball. <laughs> it's like, you had to just say, like, Reggie Jackson did pranks as a kid. Yeah. That's yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> I saw that trivia too. I mean there's there's not a lot to talk about in this movie because it is all very surface level. And the reason that I did find it as enjoyable as I did was because I thought it was pretty funny. A lot of the jokes that they had in there I laughed at, or like the scenarios that the people found themselves in, I I thought were pretty funny, especially everything with Nick Swardson. But a lot of that stuff was completely tangent like it didn't have anything to do with the plot so yeah the, the everything's pretty surface level here and it's not a theme that i agree with uh i do agree with that you should progress past how you were in, in high school <laughs> yeah you definitely don't do that like like yes you are you you need to progress past how you were in high school otherwise you suck mm-hmm. uh whether or not you were a nerd or a jock or whoever you were if you don't improve um it reminds me of uh, this this scenario Chuck Palahniuk uh, makes in one of his books where there's this certain type of person who peaks in high school and they're at the height of their beauty and their physical ability and intelligence. And then because of that, they will have a kid with the other person who is at the height of their physical ability and intelligence. And they super breed through the generations kids who peak at 16 to 17 and are perfect at that age but at 40 they're just the worst people you could ever imagine and i'm like i love this like weird mytho mythical mythalization of the like super i'll never leave my hometown person which i mean i guess i give a lot of shit to people who don't leave their hometown but like if you live in a little town you should probably leave it and check some other stuff out stretch your wings i think as like a, a weird aside, I think like most racism comes from never leaving your own town. I think that's the worst thing you could ever do is like you don't leave your own ha- town. Then you're like super racist and you don't have any other viewpoints and you kind of just stay that way. And it breeds like that. I think that's true. If you do live in a small town, I think if you grew up in New York City and you, <laughs> you don't leave New York City, well, you're probably yeah, okay. <laughs> I said small town. And yeah, also yeah. like, yeah, if you grew up in New York City, you don't have ever to leave. You could spend your lifetime and not figure out everything there. Yeah, I. But the the theme that I don't agree with is the idea that you can just apologize and everything is good. Like you, ha- like that is not atonement. One apology mm-hmm. is not atonement. Yeah, I would have liked to see. I mean, and he just gave him his hat as if like. Yeah. What the hell? This and- guy who is, he, by the way, that character Marcus has the coolest fucking castle in his basement. I want okay. it so bad. Yeah, that that was pretty sick. Also, like I keep thinking, like that guy doesn't even have a uh, 
He doesn't even seem to be like... He likes Dungeons and Dragons, not baseball. Like, I would have really liked to see the ending with Rob Schneider not showing up to the baseball game and instead trying to learn about the people he bullied and having them on a team. That would might have been interesting. But, like, he, he, he mentions this, what, uh, the, the Dungeon Warriors 38 was an episode of some show mm-hmm. that they all watched. Like, go... Go get embroiled in what he's doing and learn a little about him and try to make it up to him in a meaningful way if you care. Don't be like, you like baseball because I do and I was a cool guy back then. Like, that's... Yeah, that's why I said that this movie feels like a regressive Adam Sandler film. Number one, it feels like it didn't have enough rewrites or edits to pass through to tie some of the themes together. Two, it tried to have this underdog story... Uh, three, it ends with uh, the two underdogs getting girls. And yeah. um, I had a fourth one. Oh, four, there's a lot of male rage involved in the movie. Although at this point, it's not it's not necessarily like that uh, adolescent anger, but it's like a, I am an adult now and upset for my kid, potentially, anger. But all the, the kind of bad guys in the movie have this weird flanderized, sexually aggressive male anger where they just twist their own nipples or someone else's every time they're angry. Yeah. Throughout the whole movie. That's a little strange, but also like... (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. It's just a little strange. There's nothing else really to it. I think as a whole, for like what this brings to Adam Sandler, versus this is very much like Adam Sandler's willingness to let them kind of strike out on their own. Yeah, especially because Alan Covert was one of the writers, you know? I do, I do not think they wrote very much for this movie. I honestly don't. I think they busted this out really quick. Because oh, Alan yeah, Covert yeah. and Nick Swartzen seemingly cared about Grandma's Boy. And this one, Nick Swartzen does a voice while his hair's cut like He-Man. It's, like, it's good, though. I liked it. <laughs> like, my question, this stars Rob Schneider, David Spade, and John Heater. Um, probably John Heater's there because... Uh, Napoleon Dynamite was huge two years before that. Yeah, and he just plays Napoleon Dynamite again. Uh, and I I hated that, actually. I wish they, he had done a different character. It was, it did not, didn't work for me. Yeah, because um, I don't know when Blades of Glory comes out, but he does great in that. Yeah, and he's a different character. Yeah, it comes out the next year. Um, and Nick Swartzen's in that movie, too. I wonder if they became friends. But, I don't know, I feel like... Uh, one, the fact that this movie came out the same year as another movie and with the same writers. Was it just like, did they just kind of throw it in there because they didn't have something? Yeah, I mean, maybe also they they just wanted to produce another movie. Maybe Abby Madison is trying to become a bigger production company. Who knows? Well, I'm saying if they're trying to become a bigger production company, why have the same two writers for both movies and then two of them are starring in the other movie? Like, that's... That's hard to do. Maybe. Maybe there's there's a movie where these two were combined. You had Grandma's Boy, but it had like a baseball element instead of the video game. <laughs> I, I love know. the idea <laughs> that Grandma's Boy was supposed to star Rob Schneider and David Spade. But they were like, uh, I don't like video games. Why don't we make it about baseball? And Alan Cover and Nick Swartz are like, what, you fucking dumb? Like this is a great idea. <laughs> well, I think I think the thing 
mostly like yeah it, it's regressive it, it doesn't really hit the same things you liked no. it i didn't but as far as the sandler verse goes does it bring anything to it no this one no i i don't think adam's like i felt nothing of sandler's youth here either you know it didn't feel like an adam sandler movie the only things that f- that like even would hint if I just saw this movie and didn't know it was Happy Madison, that it was an Adam Sandler movie, is that John Lovitz, Rob Schneider, and David Spade are in it. Yeah. Oh, and his wife is in it. Yes, his wife tries to rent a movie early on. Yeah, I I, I just think, like, this was them doing something. Like, I'm weirded out by that this movie cost $33 million. That's strange to me. All of that was, like, the Segway rental... I mean, that must have been all for actors. Knight Rider, they they built a robot butler. Mm -hmm. Come on. Yeah, uh, John Lovett's character has like a bunch of pop culture memorabilia, mostly Star Wars stuff, but like a bunch of nerdy pop culture memorabilia. Yeah, there's not a lot to talk about. Um, I, I feel like if we had gone back and redone this podcast over, I would recommend only doing Happy Madison films that Adam Sandler's in and Adam Sandler films if we really wanted to know Adam Sandler. But I don't know. Maybe we'll see some sort of pattern as the we go. The thing is, this is him and Alan Covert's company. They're the the two uh-huh. that run it. I I assume Adam Sandler has the most power in this. I don't know if he's a hands off type of person. I think maybe he is. You know, it it's hard to say. But based on the characters he plays, he seems a little hands off. When yeah. Alan Covert is producing and writing something, it's important to the happy mass inside of it. This movie made money, so like yeah, it made quite a bit actually. That sixty million box office, and these are DVD type movies, so they're still you know pushing that envelope forward. They're making tons of money. This is the type of stuff that people get angry about, though. Even though I thought the product placement was pretty solid in it, they go to Pizza Hut all the time, but that's what you did when you're a kid and won a baseball game, so. Yeah, I, I also went to Pizza Hut after plays and musicals. That mm-hmm. was like a tradition. So while there's like not much to it, maybe that's okay. Because maybe this is just like, it, it's a business. But also, you know, there's that point where Adam Sandler said he pushed Rob Schneider and David Spade so that they could become friends again. Because that's probably more important than a movie. Like, was he willing to let this movie just completely flop to make them like on the same page you think well it didn't even flop though that's the thing yeah but like if it did would he have cared because no, grandma's boy before sales of vhs flopped you know so okay here's another thing though that i think that this tells us about adam sandler is that critics will just go out of their way to shit on the happy madison films now just in general yeah because i don't think it deserved an 11 percent rotten for rotten tomatoes yeah and i've talked a little bit about why why it is Rotten Tomatoes is skewed a little heavier than most because it's a uh, you know a binary system, mm-hmm. but like eleven percent's low. I mean, I'd recommend this. Like, are they are they doing a like? I wouldn't recommend your average adult to watch this movie. I'm like, no, not necessarily. But like, you have to review things kind of from the point of view of who the audience is supposed to be, right? Yeah, I don't know. Now, last time for Grandma's Boy, I thought that that was going to be one of the biggest gaps we'd see between how critics felt and how the audience felt. But this is a huge gap. I mean, Grandma's Boy was still bigger, but 
Yeah. Man, <laughs> my favorite thing is, like, reading reviews. I, I start liking it even more because, like, they they praise the Revenge of the Nerds in this review of uh, oh. why this is bad. And I'm like, well, the Revenge of the Nerds is really bad. And yeah. I didn't really think it was funny when I was a kid, but now I just think it's like, oh, this is rapey, huh? Yeah. Oh, also, don't watch this movie if you're trying to eat food. Yeah. Yeah, if you have a weak <laughs> I can, stomach. I cannot. Ugh, it's boogers, man. I can't do boogers. Oh, yeah. Um, Johnny Eater just does eat a lot of boogers in the movie. It's so gross. Even talking about it makes me feel like I'm going to gag. I kind of... That that brings up, though, something that really, I think, strikes why I couldn't take this movie is... I, I can accept Joe Dirt as a real person. He's goofy. He's eccentric. He has something going... The caricatures that David Spade and John Heater played are just not real people. They're no. unable to do anything. They can barely, like, barely function is really what it comes down to. John Heater is introduced with his inability to understand why a six-year-old woman couldn't go on her roof to get the paper he threw there. And it's just like... If he turned out to be, like, a kind of shitty, depressed kid there, and that's why he was refusing to think about it, like, that could have been interesting. But it's just, like, he he wasn't intelligent enough to know. They don't dig into it. And there's no growth from them, really. They get kind of okay at baseball and then make out with girls because of it. The only growth, uh, the character growth that we see is Nick Swarton's character because he learns how to not be afraid of the sun. The sun's not a monster. It's not a monster. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's, well, what are what are we watching tomorrow? Is it going to be better? I I think it's going to be better. I think you think it's going to be worse. Though. I do think it's going to be worse because I know what it is. It's it's click. We're watching click. I, I don't even remember liking it when I was a kid. I'm gonna say it's got two things Ugh. going for it. One, there might be energy in the movie. I feel like there's a little bit of energy. And two, both of our favorite people are in the next movie. So. We can enjoy that together. Who's my favorite people? Shrek? No, Shrek's not in it. <laughs> oh. You know your favorite person. I don't know my favorite person. Who's my favorite person? How the fuck Drew Barrymore? Do you... do you. I'm not talking about in the Adam Sandler verse or the Shrek verse. <laughs> like, there's just a specific person that you talk a lot about. What? I do? <laughs> nah, this, this is mind blowing. Who is yeah. in Click? Sean Astin's in Click. I don't talk about Sean Astin a lot. You talk about Sean Astin all the fucking time. When? <laughs> He's not even my favorite Hobbit. I'm, 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 I'm being gaslit right now that you don't ever talk about Sean Astin. I don't. I the the last time I talked about Sean Astin was the Fifty First Dates episode. Yeah, and but I got that was like three days ago. It. Yeah, before that, it had been at least since the season that he was on Stranger Things, at least. No, because you, you've made mention about how how bad they were for cutting him out so early, so. Wait, what? What do you mean, what? Well, yeah, but that was when the movie, uh, when, when the season was happening. Yeah, no, but after the season, you you bring it up sometimes. When, when we're not talking about Sean Astin, sometimes you just that. bring him up. Well, you know, sometimes you know, I'm not, I didn't get to meet Bernie Sanders when I was a kid. I didn't have 
Ben and Jerry and or Jerry personally throw ice cream pints to me. I didn't meet the inventor of maple syrup like you did. The one okay. of the only celebrities I've ever met is Sean Astin. He was a nice guy and I got my photo with him, okay? That's about, uh, yeah, maybe I'll talk about him sometimes. But I don't talk about him excessively. You made him seem like I liked him a lot. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go find records of all your Sean Astin fanfics now. Don't, you know, you don't. Don't look at my Frodo X Sam fanfics. Sam's too good for Frodo. You know he's hanging out with Merry and Pippin. Sam is too good for Frodo, but it's the love he has for Frodo. <sighs> I would I would have killed Frodo. I'm throwing that out there. I've killed him in some of my fanfics. It's fine. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but also Christopher Watkins in it, and I like him, so that'll be fun. Anyhow, <laughs> this has been... They're all going to laugh at him, and you can find us at Laugh at Him Pod on Twitter. And you can also find our games at wannabegames.com. And we have a Patreon at patreon.com slash wannabegames, uh, but why don't you give all of your money to Adam Sandler instead? Ugh, not Adam Sandler, The Bail Project. Just, we're worried Adam Sandler might get arrested, and maybe, maybe <laughs> your dollar will be the one that gets him out. Yeah, but really, though, do donate to the Bill Project. Yeah. Um, you can find me specifically where uh, you can read all of my juicy, juicy Sean Astin fanfics at, at Jaska. And uh, you can find me taking the dare symbolism and turning it into anti-fascist propaganda at Kitty Crusade. Please take my wife, Mr. Frodo. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs>